this week's episode of Long-Legged Beasties. My name's Susan Arndt. With me is my buddy, Brian Crescenti. Well, hello there. And this is the podcast that puts horror movies in their proper place. Which means, well, it involves spreadsheets, if we're being perfectly honest about things. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell the good people what the heck it is we do here? Yes. uh, So what we do is we classify. And then we classify even more. You know that scene in Indiana Jones, the end of the movie, where there's that big room with all the boxes? Somewhere, I guess, there is a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) That tells you what's in those boxes. (laughs) Amazing. I'm the guy who does those spreadsheets. That's what I do. And that's what we do in this horror movie. So, uh, or in this podcast about horror movies. So, uh, yeah. So what, what we've done is we've decided to break down horror movies into one of seven categories, uh, creature, gore, killer, paranormal, psychological, science, or nature. And then once we've decided what it is about the movie that's scary or is scaring the people within the movie, we then, uh, come up with a subcategory. So that could be, for instance, nature and plants as in i guess what attack of the triffids i was going to go with the happening but sure yes sure both of those so that's that's what we do here at the long-legged beasties incorporated and boxing company (laughs) and shipping (laughs) and And shipping yes and what we what our lovely listeners do is every week they get the opportunity to vote on movies that we cover except for when we don't put a poll in yeah. and then we go. Oh wait, we don't have a movie for this week. We're so slackers. <laughs> it's, I, we're not the most, despite the fondness of spreadsheets. We're not the most organized people. So sometimes that doesn't happen. In which case, we call an audible and just pick one, which is what we did for this week's film. Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight, which I had not seen. Gosh, in it, it has to be fifteen years since since I've seen it, and I was really curious to see how it holds up. If you're not familiar with Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt is OG HBO programming. HBO has always been known for doing really high quality original content, movies, documentaries, TV shows. And once upon a time, before the rest of cable caught up to it, and this is obviously long before there was streaming, that was why you got HBO. Like, oh yeah, they would also play movies, like movies from the movie theater would come there. But it was really about the original stuff. And Tales from the Crypt was one of those shows. And it was an anthology series that, well, it was certainly campy. <laughs> I, li- I like I like how you're struggling not to say that was bad. And- <laughs> wasn't bad I, I, it was I, campy it was very yeah. very campy it was it was very pulpy because it's it yeah. models itself after the sort of pulpy comic books that yeah. would that would have horror stories in them yeah and i'm a huge fan it's based on actually the ec comics which is golden age uh era pre-rating scandal comics so uh tales from the crypt was an old if you maybe are into comics you may have heard of this before it was an old anthology comic series that uh, ran in the 50s um, and had amazing, amazing things for a comic book, especially for kids, because it was like it was literally the comic book that they that senators were waving in disposition, death positions when they were screaming at comic book makers saying, how dare you show this to our children? And I mean, they kind of had a point. Yeah, it was it was over the top. It was a little (laughs) it went there. It did not hold back. It lived there. It, li- it, li- it didn't just go there. It lived there. It was the mayor of there. Yes. Yes. And there was, a, and uh, Tales from the Crypt, the show, was hugely popular, which naturally led them to make the movie. And it was, orig- it was go- the idea was to turn it into a franchise, but the follow-up movie, Bordello of Blood, was just bad. Not like yeah. fun bad or so bad it's good, just bad. Let me sum it up this way. Dennis Miller is the hero. Yeah, I think that was a a a, a possible franchise shot down yep. by Dennis Miller. Yep. I think Dennis Miller single handedly killed the Crypt Keeper. I completely agree. I understand the casting at because at that moment in time, he was the 
ironic go-to choice. But <laughs> wow, that was that yeah. was a bad bad move, Ripley. But anyway, we're not uh, we're not talking about Bordello of Blood. We're talking about Demon Knight, which is the first movie in the would have been an amazing anthology series, and which I think still holds up to this day. If you haven't seen it, push pause on this. Go watch it. Come on back. It's a fun ride. I, I will say before you get into the description that that when Susan shot over the suggestion for this movie for the first time ever, I was like, Demon Knight? And she was like, yes. And this was all in text. And I was like, Demon Knight from 1995? Demon <laughs> She's like, yes. Like, Pales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight? Demon Knight? <laughs> My voice getting higher and higher each time. <laughs> Look, devotee of Killer Sofa. I yes. don't want to hear it. But because, and, and the reason why I really wanted to do this was because I try to suggest movies that I don't immediately know what the category is going to be. And sometimes I do that and then we have the discussion and it's like, oh, it's obviously this. But I, I wanted to do something a little different. And because this is so campy, but also immensely violent, I, I thought it would be a lot of fun. Yes. The movie starts with two guys in a very high-speed car chase. We will later discover that they have chased each other clear across the country. There's an accident. The guy being chased survives and goes to hole up in a hotel in Wormwood, New Mexico. It's a little on the nose, the naming there, but it's okay. The other guy... Billy Zane, who was chasing him across the country, teams up with the cops and follows him to this hotel, which used to be in a church. That doesn't actually matter, but it's a nice little detail. So uh, the guy being chased, whose name is Breaker, is there with the other people who hang out at the hotel. There's the woman who runs it. There's her uh, juvenile delinquent out on a work release kind of program who works for her, played by a very young Jada Pinkett. There's the town drunk, the town prostitute, the town jerk, the town uh, disgruntled postal worker. Doesn't everybody have one of those? And they it, all they all like the, the townie hangout. It's basically. the it's the townie hangout. So he's there, and then the cops show up with Billy Zane. Billy says, "Billy Zane says this man has stolen something from me. I would like to get it back." The cops uh, decide, you know what? We just found out that both of the cars involved in your accident were stolen. So until we figure out who's who and what's what, we're just going to arrest both of you. At which point, Billy Zane punches his fist clear through the head of the sheriff. And in case you were wondering what kind of movie this was about to be, he then struggles to get the head off of his arm. And when he finally successfully does, throws it at the deputy by saying, heads up. It's so good. It is so packed with dad, dad jokes. Also, I didn't time it, but it certainly felt, felt felt to me like that was a good five minutes of struggling. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was. It took, a, it took a hot minute for him to, which, I mean, again, to be fair. Yeah. I have to think there would be some clinging if, if yeah. you did. Anyway. So. Yeah, uh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there's there's probably an extraction process involved in <laughs> removing one's hand from one, someone's head. <laughs> Bone, teeth, right. marrow. There's some goo. Yeah. No marrow. Brains. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, we, we come to discover that Billy Zane uh, is not the handsome cowboy he pretends to be. He is, in fact, a demon from hell who is trying to obtain the final key that will give the forces of darkness ultimate control over the universe. It's a very Lord of the Rings kind of situation. Uh, you know, before there was the heaven and the earth and the firmament and all that, and everything was just darkness, there were seven keys. And then God came in and said, mm, you know, mm -mm, don't think so. He did his thing. He made the heaven and the earth. He made, and there was light and all that. And then he took the keys, scattered them throughout the cosmos, 
And one of them has been on Earth pretty much since then. That's what this guy Breaker has. He has this seventh key, which is this really nifty artifact with this handy flip top lid, which, gosh, wasn't that a good forethought that they had to make it that way with a flip top lid and a, like a little flask inside, which yeah. is full of blood. Christ blood. Christ blood. Among uh, yes, the, the among blood, other things. Among among other folks, yeah, uh, taken from Christ as he hung on the cross. It and was, this was so flip top, flip top jar in the shape of of cross. Yep, invented in the year zero. Yep, just FYI, just, if you were wondering, if you're writing a history paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hand wave, hand wave. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, uh, Breaker is a demon knight. It is his. He is uh, actually like 100, 200 years old. He became the the current custodian of this key uh, in 1917 on the battlefield of World War One, And he has been caring for it ever since. And in the life of every demon knight, there will come a moment when the the stars on their hands, because when you are when you become the custodian of this key, you get seven stars tattooed on your hands by magic. Woo! And when they line up, you will find yourself in a situation with seven people, and one of those people will be the new demon knight, and you will pass the key on to them. Billy Zane is here to get it back so he and all his demon friends can, you know, it's what they do. They they ruin things. They kill everybody. Bring darkness to the light. Blah, 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 blah. So that's the situation. Billy Zane and his demon pals are outside the church trying to get in. Breaker is there with these folks. Uh, the blood can be used to create sacred seals on doors and windows and other entry points. So for it's it's this kind of we just got to make it till morning if we can just and this is the thing if everybody just acted like a, a mature adult <laughs> right it'd yeah. be fine it, it would have been so easy yeah right just like it's seal it all up boom have a soda maybe watch some TV but no of course not that's not how it goes various things go wrong and people start dying until the ultimate showdown and the key is handed off as it is always going to be handed off amongst millennia and the end. Yes. Um, I, I think we rarely, I actually have never done this, mm. but I think before we start discussing the movie, we need to spend some moments talking about what is probably the greatest lineup of actors in the history of all time in a campy horror movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. So Billy Zane. Okay. You could stop right there and you'd win that prize. Right. And this is, Billy Zane. <laughs> he was born to be this part in this movie oh my God. because he's scary when he needs to be scary, but he is fully committed to the camp part of it. And he's just so good at it. Yeah. He's, he's like, it is, it is, a he is cast in the perfect role like he's just so so great and so like smiley and charming and terrible it's it's just perfect it's billy zane man yeah it's billy zane it's billy zane i was so when i saw billy zane was in this i think i actually saw this when it came out but i've forgotten it because mm -hmm. probably i don't know i may have been intoxicated the first time i saw Possibly. It. that's what i'm thinking Possibly. i think that's probably yeah but okay so you got billy zane he's your crown jewel but it doesn't stop Billy Jane. Billy Zane. I'm sorry, not Billy Jane. Billy Zane. There are other actors in here, and maybe uh, you'll see them and you're like, that guy looks familiar. What's he from? Well, let's go through the list. William Sadler. Yep. William Sadler is the guy who is Breaker. By the way, spelled B R A Y K E R. Because I don't know why, why they spelled it that way? Yeah. Because the 90s? Because 90s, um, yeah. Yeah. But William Sadler. He's been in a million things, but what all you really need to know is that he played the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Which I That's, just and and again in Face the Music. Right, right. And he's um oh, he's so, so good, good in it. He's so, good. so good. It's like the all the perfect character actors. And like he's been in a million things, but like that's the one I think that a lot of people, yeah. at least of, of our generation, I think will remember. Uh so you've got so you got Billy Zane, who is Billy Zane. I think he's one of those actors who's actually ascended. 
and now he's just Billy Zane in yeah. every movie. Yeah. Yeah. There is no character name for him. <laughs> it's just um, Billy Zane. Yeah. Right. So you have the Grim Reaper. You got Billy Zane. You got Jada Pinkett. Yep. Which is also in and of itself a whole level of crazy. Like, what is Jada Pinkett doing in this movie? Well, this is before she was anybody. I know, but it's so funny. Like, you know, you look at her her movies, Menace to Society. You've got the Matrix stuff. You've got Magic Mike. You've got all these movies she's been in that are like massive hits. And then you've got Tales from the Crypt Presents <laughs> Demon Knight. It's so great. And she is, su- she's like, she's like eight in this. No, she's yeah. Like, she's she, like 18 or something. She is young. Yeah. Yeah. She's very young. Um, so she's in this and then, uh, and she plays, you know, a pivotal role. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, but then you have um, CCH Pounder. Yep. Who, again, is one of these people, if you haven't really been paying attention, you probably know her from police dramas. She's been in NCIS New Orleans and The Shield, but she's like someone who's been in a million things. She's a great actress, actor, um, and has been around forever. And again, you're like, what is she doing in this movie? It is a little weird. She is she is an <laughs> actor of quality right? and gravitas, and she does some really funny stuff in this movie. Yeah, and you feel like she lost a bet. That's what I felt oh, like. I was like, she oh, lost a bet. She oh. lost a bet, and she was cast in this movie. Um, she does a great job. I'm just saying, yeah. I can't imagine sober that her her agent was like, you need to be in Tales from the Crypt. Anytime you hear Tales from the Crypt presents, yeah. I think at that point, you're like, mm, pass. <laughs> so um, among the sh- schmoes who make up the the, the regular Joes at the, at the hotel... Uh, you have, of course, Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. Who, uh, again, like Sandman and stuff to Spider-Man 3, but he's yep. been in a bazillion things. And you probably, like, I recognize him from his television work on, like, Cheers and Wings. These are all, like, 90s things. But, like, you know, he was on Wings, which you may or may not have heard of, depending on your age, forever. And this this came out, like, the year Wings stopped airing. So he must have been, pardon the pun, flying high. Like, he wasn't a small... Small time get. Yeah, that. no, but oh, at this time in entertainment, the course was you had to prove yourself on TV and then you wanted to make the jump to movies. Now it's much more fluid. You know, people, movie stars are on TV. Right. TV stars are in movies. Yeah, it's, good point. It's, it's less of a cast system. But this was probably this his first big movie opportunity. And then later he was in Sideways and, you know, he started doing more uh, Let's not forget George of the Jungle too. Come on, man. That movie was, is great, and I will hear <laughs> nothing against it. You will brook no argument. I will brook no argument against George of the Jungle. That movie is is Brendan Fraser in his second yeah, finest it performance. Is, it is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, moving moving along. So he plays like the the he's the town jerk. He's a, yeah the town jerk. Yeah, exactly. Wife beating or girlfriend beating. Thinks only of himself. Jackass. He wears leather um, pants and a Hawaiian he, shirt. Like that's all you yeah. need to know. Well, he, his shirt isn't he the guy who wears the shirt that has the uh, the holes in it, the tank top with like the mesh tank top, so you could see skin. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like I love the clothing in this movie too. Um, anyway, uh, so Dick Miller. Okay, you're like who's Dick Miller? Uh, well, have you ever watched a movie? Is my answer? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that's accurate. So Gremlins, Gremlins 2, The Howling, Bucket of Blood, Little Shop of Horse. He's been in everything. He's been in The Burbs. He's a fantastic character actor. He plays the town drunk uh, superbly, by the way. Yeah, perfectly. Um, so he's in it. Um, and you're like, okay, Brian, you made your point. But I'm like, no, I'm not done making my point. <laughs> <laughs> because have you ever heard of a movie called Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. Because if you have, then the guy who does the voice for Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, is the disgruntled mailman in this movie, which is so weird when you see him. If you know anything about that movie, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what it's, is, it's very Robert. <laughs> and, and he's in love with the town prostitute. He's playing yeah. the disgruntled postal worker and he's the cliche disgruntled postal worker. Oh, so cliche. So, which you don't, there's a nice, like, there's a nice beat between you, him dying and you finding out he's the cliche disgruntled that's true, postal worker. That's true. Which yeah. is nice. I yeah. like the touch, the twist. Because you're like, well, he's a nice guy. Yeah. You're like, no, no, he's not. He's just a <laughs> schmuck who's in love with a prostitute. So, you know, but no. That's so good. Yeah. 
Um, and then to, the cherry on the top of this ridiculous cast is, I think at the time would have been like their big get. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an opening sequence that is like a movie in a movie. Uh, it's supposed to be, I guess, the filming of, with gratuitous nudity, by the yeah, way. Yeah, very gratuitous, yeah. Very gratuitous. Uh, the filming of a Tales from the Crypt uh, TV episode um, with the Crypt Keeper there directing. And the person who plays the bad guy, the body, when he turns around, is none other than uh, Court TV's John Lorquette. Uh, that's how I know him. Not Court, is it Court TV? Oh, Night Court. Night Court. Night Court. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> It was the 80s. John, yeah, Night Court and then the John Larroquette show. He was also on the West Wing as the counsel to the White House. I mean, he's John freaking Larroquette. He's he's a legend, a t- TV legend. And what? while all of this is true, while everything that you have just said is true, I think it's important to note most of the people that you just named were very heavily associated with television and tales from the crypt was a TV show. And it was a very high profile TV show. Everybody did one. If you're good enough to be hyped as a guest star on tales from the crypt, that means you matter on television. Right. And most of the the folks in the movie are, were high profile TV actors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, I, I make light, but it, it did make for a magnificent sort of, uh, campy soup when you got all those people together. Yes. Yes. All of these actual legit trained actors. And then you have a bunch of slimy, hairy demons that they, they have to fight. So the, the demons that Billy Zane brings up their, their tortured souls, basically the, the, the people that he encounters, he he takes their souls and they turn into one of these creatures. I did think it was really clever the way they handled the demons. For close-ups and stuff, there's some puppetry going on. There is a, a little bit, I think, of prosthetic makeup involved also at certain points, at least for the for the heads. But mostly they're just wearing bodysuits painted and and moving in kind of hyper articulated ways uh, to look like semi-skeleton cadaverous just pulled out of the ground grossy demon people yeah I, I I think it's it's um it's one of those movies that you have to go into knowing that it's going to be a certain type of special effect which like we don't really see that much anymore the pu- the heavy use of puppets oh, but yeah. i think it works I, and you know it's it's different but i think it's fun and it it fits the tone of of this movie um but yeah i, I enjoyed it and and the kills are really you know kind of cool they they're do a good so, job they're so over the top they are ridiculous it if you are not overly familiar with the pulp kind of horror it, it's go big or go home, but it's it's not about blood. It's not about being gory. It's about being gross, really. Hyper-violent, shocking, and gross. Yeah. So you get I mean, the guy, you know, the sheriff gets his head punched through. Yeah. There's that, Like, that sets the tone, I think. That's like, yeah. it's the first kill, I think, the actual first kill of the movie. Yep. And... You absolutely don't expect it because why would you like, and it really is like totally him punching a pumpkin or something like it's, it's a real effect. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it's like, it's pretty shocking when it happens, even, even with 90 effects, nineties effects, it's uh it's great. And it does set the tone for, okay, this is, this is where the bar is that they're going to be going over. Yep. And when you see the head later, it in no way resembles John Shuck, the actor who was playing the sheriff. Not even close. <laughs> the, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, practical effects were not quite were not quite there at the time. But it's like, eh, whatever. It's close enough. We get it. So it's very. Uh, let's see what else happens. There's lots. Uh, Cor- uh, Cordelia, the prostitute, is what happens over the while uh, Billy Zane is attempting to gain entry 
to the church is he communicates telepathically with different folks who are in there to try to persuade them to let him in. And he does, in fact, win over Cordelia, the prostitute, and takes her soul and she becomes one of these demons. By the way, if you've ever had a glow stick, the stuff that's in a glow stick that is what comes out of the eyes and mouth of these demons. Yes. So yeah, the way the way the only way you can kill a demon in this movie is by shooting or somehow damaging very much destroying. like destroying. There you go. Their eyes, both eyes. Both eyes. And when that happens, electricity, I guess. Sure. I'm not sure why not. Yeah. Shoots out and they kind of explode or wither or whatever, but they're dead. Yeah. But until then, they're not dead. You can do all kinds of things. They're not dead until you do that. You can, in fact, behead them. Doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and also, one of the things, I one of the scenes, the Cordelia scene is interesting because you have uh, William Sadler, uh, Frank Breaker in the movie, is struggling with her. He gets knocked back. And you're like, well, he can't even take her on. But then um, CCH Pounder comes up, who plays Irene, who like runs the hotel tries to struggle with her and her arm gets torn off. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. So these are like really strong demons and Sadler getting thrown around and not having body parts ripped off means he actually is pretty strong too. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even considered that, but you're right. I I, I had that thought, but like, yeah, her arms just, and what I love is her reaction to it is, is like, she will not stop complaining (laughs) until she's dead, (laughs) which is very realistic. She's not like, oh, I lost my arm. I'm fine. No, she's like, that's it. She's lost it. She's like basically near the end of the movie commits suicide yeah. in a meaningful way simply because she's like, they've torn off my arm and it was so unsettling that I just can't take it anymore. But in an angry way. Yeah. Oh but yeah, in, totally. But in, yeah. A, but in an F you kind of way, because uh, when Billy Zane attempts to win her over, she's up in the attic. She's uh, dealing with something at the moment. Uh, in the, the uh, belfry, actually not the attic. I and forgot about this. <laughs> he he comes up to her and says that he can give her her arm back. He presents it to her on a platter like it's food, which is just like what? What do you? Come on, Billy Zane, you yeah. can do better than that. I don't think he was trying at that point. I agree. <laughs> I agree. You're, you're like you're not going to win someone over by being like, "I'll give you your arm back." Oh, by the way, here it is next to some radishes and on a bed of lettuce. <laughs> right? Some nice bib lettuce really sets it off. That entire exchange is a lot of fun. Is, I, I, I do think he's kind of like phoning it in because he knows his, the likelihood of yeah. persuading yeah. her is nil, but he's, you know, he's got to at least check the box that he tried. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can we pause for a second to, to marvel at just how handsome Billy Zane is? Yes, we can. Oh my God. The, the man is so handsome. He. He's, he's such a handsome man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, th- and this is, <laughs> it's why he's so perfect for this movie because yeah. he actively there was an attempt to make him into this leading man kind of actor because the man is phenomenally good looking. Like it's ridiculous how good looking he is, but he's just not that dude. Like he's goofy. Like he's a, you know, he snowboards and is a stoner, silly kind of guy. So for him, this, that's why I say this is the perfect part for him because he is gorgeous enough to be seductive as a, yes, let me in. I can give you what you want, but also just a silly enough human being to pull off yeah. the humor of this this role. Yeah. And like even his seduction is always almost like with a wink. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. Like, here's your arm on a platter. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry, lady. All right. I'll get back to you later. Yeah. <laughs> or what he's what he uh, Roach is the is the town jerk's name, and he manages to get his hands on the key, and is like his because his thing the whole time is like, look, they're not here for us; they're here for this key. If we just give them the key, we can go. It'll be fine. He's a very small picture kind of guy. He's not really focused on the big picture. So there's this wonder. This sums up the movie perfectly. It does. It's perfect. So Roach is on one side of one of these sacred seals and Billy Zane is on the other and they're negotiating. He's like, look, if I give you this, can you let me go? And he's, oh, totally. Absolutely. I'm glad we could come to an agreement. 
just need you to wipe up that blood that was used to make make the sacred seal. And he opens up his mouth and a sponge unfolds out of it. <laughs> Which really happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I love that right after that scene, you see Billy Zane, Zane actually picks something. I like to think of it as, I'm sorry, this is going to be disgusting, as a pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> Someone used that sponge to clean a toilet in real life and didn't realize Billy Zane was going to shove it into his mouth. <laughs> because he pull, It comes out and he hands it to the guy and then he has this very microsecond look of disgust on his mouth, on his face. And you see him actually pick something out of his mouth and, and flick it away. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, that was a hair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, and whether it was real or acting, he doesn't break, break character either way. No, you never know. Cause he's Billy Zane, man. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he's Billy Zane, man. <laughs> but that's, oh, it, oh, it's so good. And this, mo- good. this movie is made of lots of little moments like that in between, okay, the, they've made it through the front door. They've made it to the first floor of the church. They've made it in between all of these set pieces of fighting the demons. There are these tiny little moments that are just so packed with character and yeah. so fun. I, I also like right after that, he wipes away the blood um, and, and Billy Zane gets the key and he goes up to the top and you know, like, you know, this is going to happen. He goes up to the top of the stairs and, um, and Roach goes down and he's about to leave. And he's like, Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> and he's like, what does yeah. he say? He's like, I was lying. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like so stupid. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, which made me laugh and it's great. It's not stupid in a dumb way. It's stupid in a funny way. It is because the, the. I feel like the normal read of that would be to be all like menacing. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. I was lying. And he's like, just like, eh, you know, I'm a surfer. Who cares? Yeah. It's so funny. And it's like, Roach is like, no. <laughs> but Billy Zane's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's just really, really fun. And then, oh God. I don't understand exactly why. CCH Pounder blows herself up. I, I think it's her arm. I think she. I don't know, man. She decided she doesn't have an arm. I'm telling you, she took it very. She did personally. She did. She 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 was very pissed. Yes, that's true. She was, and yeah, there's this thing where she's just like, uh, it was her and Uncle Willie, right? Were the two, or is that right? No, was, the deputy. The deputy. Oh, the deputy. And uh, why is the deputy killing himself? Uh, because I guess he sees it as his duty to protect the others. I, and and uh, let's be clear, this is not a a valiant deputy. This guy is. Uh, he does his best. <laughs> he's he's from the get go. He seems like the kind of deputy who, if he was in another movie, would be pulling people over because of the color of their skin. That's all I'm saying. No, strong <laughs> disagree. Strong disagree. No, no, no. Because in the beginning, so the, the, we're introduced to the deputy and the sheriff at the scene of this accident where he's upset, not because there are two flaming cars on the road, but they had to be going in excess, in excess of 100 miles an hour. <laughs> he's mad that he, they were speeding so much. Let's disagree that he's not the sharpest tool in the show. He's not. No, not the brightest <laughs> crayon on the box. No, definitely um, not. Yes. Yeah, so his his decision to go out valiantly is a li- – I don't know. I felt it was a little weird. Um, not as weird as, as Irene C.C.H. Pounder's decision to go out with a bang, literally. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Yeah, like, fine. You need to get rid of them. You need to get rid of everybody. We right. know that. Right. So he may as well go out a hero. Right. And and like also never mind that there's a million grenades that they use. It only seems to like like does it even destroy the building? I think it's like just kind of Well, that, I, I okay. It's unclear cuz they're up I'm un, I'm unclear about the damage done by those grenades. So here's the problem. Okay, so to to back up one step. Harold who was the postal worker was planning on going postal and he, a, he's been hoarding mail for years. <laughs> right. Which is which why he got the, fired. Right. And at the beginning of the movie, he complains about the fact they accused him of that and that it wasn't true, which yeah. is a great little, great little aside that I love. Yeah. Really? Like just a, a nice callback. So up in the, up in the belfry of the church is a trunk 
with all of the mail that he's been hoarding and guns because he was planning on shooting up the post office, but also a vest of hand grenades with this one central pull bar on it. So if you pull that bar, all of the pins will be pulled at the same time. The suicide bomber's vest. And so that's what she's using. And it's got to be eight of them at least. Right. Oh, and I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but for some reason, they, they're clear to point out that while there are a million guns up there, yeah. there are no bullets. Yeah. I don't know why they showed us the guns and no bullets. I don't know why that was important, but they it was. It was important to show us that. It might have – well, they, they have to – once they've showed the guns, they have to say there's no bullets because otherwise wouldn't you just use the guns to defend yourself? Right, right. right. Uh, but why do that when you also – whatever. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> don't think about it. Billy Zane, man. There's Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. Look at Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> and, and the explosion is big enough for there to be a shot of the outs, you know, outside of the church of just these enormous flames coming out. Just But nothing catches fire in this wooden church. And everybody who's up in the belfry who have climbed up there to safety to get away from the demons, they're all fine. Yeah, and one would think if 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 grenades were to obey the regular laws of physics, that <laughs> the force of that explosion might travel upwards, at least the uh-huh. heat. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess the, in this world, Don't, things go just, sideways. And 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 down. Just and down. Yeah. Sideways and down. Not nope. nothing up. Yep. Nope. Nope. They're all they're all fine. Like nothing's even knocked over yep. upstairs. It's all well, okay. Very weird. You know what? Don't worry about it. It's not that. It's not that kind of movie. Exactly. Don't it's sweat fine. it. It's fine. You are not watching this movie for scientific accuracy. It's not. Just don't. You're watch. You're watching it for Billy Zane. You're That's well. All yes. Yes. <laughs> not. I want anything with Billy Zane in it. You are watching for Billy Zane. Titanic. Screw Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm there for Zane, man. We know. We know. That's why Zoolander is so good. Because Billy Zane plays Billy Zane. Because Billy it's Zane plays Billy Zane. Zane. Yeah, it's Billy Zane as Billy Zane, really. It's pretty great. And that's why The Phantom's actually a good movie. Billy I, Zane. I st- well, it's the Billy Zane-Treat-Williams combo, honestly. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So, then there, uh, it, it, it's down to just Breaker and Jada Pinkett. And this is how it works. The When the Demon Knight... And the stars align and he finds seven people. The last one standing is the new demon knight. And he's that's who he hands to, has to hand this key over to. Things get... Okay, I have questions about this part. So what happens is that there's been this little boy uh, along who, who was one of... He found his way into the church. Don't worry about it. Anyway, he gets possessed. <laughs> he attacks Breaker. He... like rips his his stomach open so breaker's dying guts everywhere guts everywhere fine whatever kid gets thrown out the window i think i for anyway kid is dispatched oh he goes through a sacred seal that's what it is so that's how he ends up dead fine so this is when he hands over the key to her and she start she fills up the key with his blood now because this is the way this works then what <laughs> follows now is there's conf- some there's some confusing blood mythology yeah. at the end of this movie okay is what really <laughs> there's there's a few things okay so first Jada Pinkett covers herself in his blood right which because, is good thinking I think it's a smart move very even clever maybe, maybe you're gonna use all the blood but that's okay well I think she got it out like out of his body as opposed oh, to oh I got it yeah she went to the source she, she, source I based. mean she, yeah she had the source there <laughs> source based blood <laughs> it's, well, like, it's artisanal the, uh, breaker breaker to 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 body blood <laughs> yes and uh, so when Billy Zane finally comes in uh, now that She is the demon knight. Now Breaker's blood is sacred and can be used as a weapon against the demons. And she covers herself in it and it burns him and he runs away. And like he grabs her arm and she's covered in this blood. So it burns him. So he runs away. Okay. 
Now she's trying to make her getaway. She comes out of the belfry. She's sneaking around. She hears a noise coming out the bathroom. Looks in. And it's, I think it's the dead sheriff is, is in the tub. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then, right, but yeah. I got I to gotta put a pause here. I know this is a typical trope, but like she's sneaking away from something and yet goes to the noise. I know, I know. But that's okay. Okay, we'll, it, we'll take it. We'll take it. It's, it, it, it's fine. So <laughs> Billy Zane, uh, very clever, this move. He grabs her with the shower curtain that he has ripped from its hooks. So he's not actually touching her, throws her into the tub, and turns the water on to wash her off. Very smart. Very smart thinking, Billy Zane. And this is what you need to take away from that. Billy Zane gives someone a bath. Yes, he does. That's the that's the note in the in the script. Yes. Billy <laughs> Billy Zane and Jada Pinkett share a bath. Share a bath, yes. However, magically now, mind you, she's wearing a uh, a white t-shirt. White underwear, and and the, these obviously because she was covered in blood were were covered in blood. Well, and she's like, I think at that point, isn't she essentially just wearing her underwear? Yes, and which socks, I, which is important. They don't explain how she got to that point, but well, I was, I noticed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll, she just took her pants off. I guess because yeah, because well oh, because, because the blood the because blood, of the right? blood right exactly okay. yeah no that also. I, some brilliant scriptwriter was like, "How can we get Jada Pinkett right. in her underwear?" No, except I, I thought about that, and I was annoyed. But at the same time, I'm like, "No, that actually makes sense." It does. It does. It's fair. Okay. Yeah, we'll give it to him. We'll give it to him. Billy Zane's in the movie. It's okay. Exactly. It's Billy Zane. So, but magically, after like two seconds in this bathtub, no blood stains on this cotton that she's wearing. They are both right. like like they are fresh out of the pack. That's how white they are. Yes, and she is crystal clear, yep. clean, like she's had a long, luxurious, sudsy bath. Yep, like she's been at the spa. That's how clean yes. she is. Yes. Okay, fine. Again, it's not that kind of movie. The magic of Billy Zane. Right. But here's the – and this is a genuine question I have and, and, and have had since I saw this movie. I think I saw it in the theater when it came <laughs> out. She – for the rest of the movie, she is cradling her hand – as though it's broken or something. Is that the question? I thought you had another one. I no, actually, no, I, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, so yes, uh, it's weird because I thought that too. There were two things. They both happened simultaneously. One is she takes a big healthy swig yes. of the blood. Yeah. And my first thought was, okay, is she gonna drink it? Is she somehow? Is she gonna be like? I have the blood in me and now you can't touch me, which isn't what she did, but no. that, that confused me. Um, but the other thing is, as soon as she does that, and they don't seem to be connected, but like in the next scene, she's <clears throat> kind of, kind of obviously kind of forgetting sometimes to act as if she's got blood in her mouth. Yeah. Like like yeah. one would hold, you know, a, a gulp of water in your mouth. Yep. But also, as you said, cradling her hand. And I don't know why. I don't know if they cut a scene, if she really hurt herself. Maybe she was so vigorously cleaned by Billy Zane <laughs> that her right hand got injured. But it is weird because it's obvious. It's not like yeah. a subtle thing. Yeah. I, I, I have to think there's supposed to be some in-movie reason because these are two – because Billy Zane at this point, for reasons, declares – his love for her. Oh, right. Of course. And so there's a completely, they're on a, a, a completely different set at that point. So if, if she had hurt herself while he threw her into the bathtub, okay, I could see how, how she got hurt, but then she's there. She's not going to just gut through it and not have seen some kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, there's some, there's some, maybe you're right. Maybe something did get cut. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not observant enough. But it's just, it's just weird. It's distracting. It is. It is super distracting. It is. The two things that I found distracting there were me trying to figure out why the hell she drank the blood, which she didn't. Uh, three things, I guess. Why it was that there are some scenes where she's obviously pretending she has blood in her mouth. And there's some scenes where I think she forgot she was supposed to do that. That's called bad editing. <laughs> yes. And then like the injured hand. It was yeah. like, what's going on here? There's, yeah, I know. Also, like they did not work on this. There, This is this love. This love thing mm-hmm. is not something that started at the beginning of the movie. 
that was like Billy Zane just suddenly was like, oh, and by the way, I'm deeply well, in love with you. I will. Oh, okay. No, but I'm going to give them that because she's the demon knight now and he knows it. So you think it's him trying to get around that? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a ploy. A ploy. Okay. Yeah. If he can get her to believe him and if he can seduce her to the dark side, for want of a better expression, then it just, it's a different way to circumvent the entire Oh, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's not killing her, but maybe it's because he can't really kill her since she's now the demon knight and she's got whatever the hell demon knight. By the way, they never referred to the demon knight as the demon knight, right? I'm I'm not wrong. No, he does. Oh, does he? What is that? Yep. During this scene is is when he says, you know, no one's ever brought a demon knight over to our side. Right. Oh, I remember that now. And that it'll be a little hard, but people get used to it. Right. Right. Like the in-laws, you know. Uh, Yes. Right, and then she—the reason she was chugging the blood, she spits in in his face, and he explodes. I think he melts a little. He melts. Oh, yeah. he melts a lot. Actually, he he yeah. he melts. There's some definite falling apart of his physiognomy, and Bill, and then beautiful Billy Zane yes. evaporates before our eyes, and then he explodes. Yes, yes, which. I feel like in the millennia that this has been going on, if all you had to do, because Breaker shoots him in the eye with an arrow earlier in the film, why not just dip that in the blood, yo? Boom. I I think at this point... If you're willing to accept all the other things that have happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) it's fine. You just go with the flow, man. (laughs) Now, see, what I thought she was going to do, and I I think this would be better, is I thought she was going to kiss him, and then then he would be ingesting it. Right. At which point, okay, well, if it's actually in him, then I can see it exploding. But, you know. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's – and it turns out like – that really doesn't, as as is the way with these sorts of movies, that doesn't end anything. No, of course not. Yeah. No. So we, yeah, the, the next scene is basically her getting on a bus and creating a little, um, a little, by the way, this bus driver is super cool about this. Yeah, totally. She, she's like, hold on one second while I pour some blood out onto to the stairs of your bus. <laughs> and then the bus driver's like, I've seen worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Also, Go she ahead. has a cat with her and he's chill with that. Yeah. So like, this whatever, is, man. This is a it's cool a bus. bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they're driving along and the bus stops for a new guy who is very clearly the new collector. Yeah. And he doesn't get on the, the bus. And instead, I think Jada Pinkett sort of just looks at him as they drive by. And I'm not even sure that happens. There's like a, a yeah, I guess. You're, no, the the collector. That's what it is. He walks off. Yeah. After the bus leaves, He's, he says, "I'll take the next one." And this is a nice touch. Touch. He's whistling the theme song to Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. But but what we're all thinking is, I can't believe you killed Billy Zane. I uh, I mean, I was certainly. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. What are you doing? Like seriously, come on, dude. There was... there were other ways to handle this. Situation. It was so fun. He was. Um, so it's a good movie. It's a, it's a campy, fun movie. It is. I will it's say, fun. so I told my wife that we were going to see this and she's been watching all these movies with me and she seemed very dubious. And so then I showed her the trailer and she was like, nope, oh, <laughs> I'm really? not watching this one. Yeah. She was like, look stupid. And I was like, okay, she, she's not like me. She doesn't embrace the stupid in movies. I like this stupid. Is, it's not stupid. Campy. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I don't mean stupid in an insulting way. I mean stupid in a Billy Zane, you know, winking at the camera. Okay, it is very winky. Kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, it embraces itself in a way that is is very fun. But it's not it's not a movie that you watch because you like are looking for a great movie to watch one night. It's just a fun movie. It's, wow, I don't. Yes, it is. What it is not. It is not scary. It is not no. a scary movie. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's, a. I, I'd say this, it's like, it's, it's very like, entertaining. It's, got, it's got like a, a gremlins vibe, but it doesn't have a gremlins quality. Okay. I'll give you that. Gremlins is dark, man. Oh man. It's so dark. It's so good. It is um, what you remember gremlins being. 
And then until you go watch Gremlins and you're like, oh, God, someone needs yeah. therapy very badly. <laughs> this is going to traumatize people. Uh-huh. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have my eight-year-old watching this. No, <laughs> no. But it's so, yeah. So Demon Knight is the energy that you remember Gremlins having. Yes. But yeah, not as dark. Even though it's really, it's got more gore, but it's it's done in such a weird way that it's I, it doesn't feel like, I know it's weird to say for a movie that has someone's head getting punched through, mm. but it doesn't seem like a gory movie to me. No, it, it doesn't feel gory. It feels very much like a pulpy comic book. That's that's yeah. the vibe it's going for. That's the vibe it achieves. Uh, gratuitous nudity notwithstanding. Yeah. I You know, that's- I think you could have, actually, no, I don't think you could have kids watch this because I think some of the demon design and noise could be yeah, scary for little kids. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. It's kind of like if I, well, I don't, I want, I, I hate to keep uh, uh, sort of linking it with Gremlins because I think Gremlins is a better movie, but it's like if Prince of Darkness was made with the Gremlins in mind. It's like you take those two movies and you mash them together mm. and then add a healthy dose of Billy Zane and you have Demon Knight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got like, you know, Prince of Darkness is really, it's the same theme, right? Basically. Oh, well, sure. Someone is at the oh, someone's door. at the front door, by the way. Uh, sorry, my, my computer's telling me these things. Wow, um, that's fancy. Yeah, I know. It's ignoring the fact that I told it not to interrupt me because it doesn't care. It knows better. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. Also, how is that not in horror movies? I know. Well, it'll, it will be. It will be. Because that tone of voice is like, oh, God, what? That yeah. was that was some creepy... Mm, I didn't like that. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, okay, what are we thinking th- for this classification? Well, now, okay, so here's here's why I was a little unsure. Because on the one hand, you've got demons, which lends itself to, you know, a cult. And they, they talk very specifically about damnation and, and, I mean, it's Christ on the cross. So there's very, very clear religious tones to it. But then what you're a like, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of these things that are, you know, can rip your head off and in fact do rip your head off? Are you afraid of the the coming of the darkness? So it's, is it a cult or is it creatures? That's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that ultimately it is, I feel like it's more a cult because- mm-hmm the creatures are a means to an end. Mm. And and like, you know, as you said, um, they're all sort of being tricked into trying to give up this cross, not right. to being killed, but to be to give up this cross. And in theory, the reason why the two people who sacrifice themselves sacrifice themselves is for not to save the other four people who are left, but to save humanity. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so, so yeah, it's like the greater the greater uh, cause and the and the idea that this isn't about a couple people dying. This is about the coming of the apocalypse, I guess, mm-hmm. or the darkness, whatever they refer to it as. But I feel like that's the thing that is motivating most of the people in the movie, and the thing that's supposed to be scary about it—that mm-hmm. the end times are here. Not that you know you have a handful of demons spawn, kind of romping around, tearing yeah, people's yeah. arms off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. I buy that. That makes sense to me. I hadn't thought about uh, the two who blow themselves up in that light, but I think you're absolutely right. It's not about saving the people who are already up in the belfry, per se. It's about defeating the forces of darkness. Right. Yeah. Okay. So is that then paranormal occult? Hmm. Is it 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 that straightforward? Is it paranormal? See, I oh, don't pa- think of paranormal that way. I know. I know. We oh, we have this discussion a lot. But I like, know. in terms of the seven overarching themes, we've got creature, gore, killer, uh, psychological, science, nature, and then paranormal, which is oh. kind of like everything else. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's a bucket. Mm. It's a big bucket. Mm. I just putting this in the same thing as like ghosts feels does not feel accurate to me. See, yeah, I guess it depends on your take on it. Like, uh, people, you can, this is, this may be offensive to some people, so cover your ears and say la 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 if you're easily offended. But 
um, the, it's the question of how you view religion. Mm. Is religion the same as a ghost and psychic abilities and spiritualism, or is religion hands down real and shouldn't be? Oh, put in yeah, the I same see what bucket? you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Is it just another set of mythology, or uh, is it? You okay. see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. Mm, that's a and I'm sort of mm. I'm sort of putting it all in that bucket, which is probably greatly offensive to a lot of people. And this is very, very clearly Christianity. Because right. it's it's they make that very very crystal and distinct. Yeah. So you got Christ, you got the cross. You yeah, got God. like it could not be more blatant. So I I see what you're saying. Here's a question. Yes. What would zombies be? <sighs> okay. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that sigh? <laughs> so here's the thing about zombies. Uh, <laughs> I actually wrote a story about this a long time ago for Kotaku because I was so interested in it. Um, it, The uh, zombies have evolved. There was a time that zombies were meant to be a reflection of a religious fear. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the second coming, you know, uh, the dead rising from their graves, all that was religiously themed. But then around the time of George Romero and his zombies, uh, his zombies aren't really defined, but sometime after that, we started shifting to the infection or the radioactive goo. Sure. And like, so it then became science. So mm. it's, it's interesting when you talk about zombies, it's sort of, it, it depends. It could be science. It depends. It could be okay. Paranormal. Okay. I don't think, I don't think zombies really are creature because I think they are the byproduct of how they're created. Mm, but, interesting. Okay. But that's, that's just, that's why I sighed. All right, we're going to have to table that discussion for the time being. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, I guess I guess given our current parameters, it's got to be paranormal. Yeah, I mean, and like I get it. I get the reluctance, but like if we're talking about big buckets, yeah. Like what is, what is the big bucket we would put it? We'd have to create another one and I'm afraid the other one would be like religion, for instance. Yeah. But I feel like you get there via a cult. Right. Which is the subcategory. Right. And that's why that's why I think we can yeah, just do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can see that. I, I think if I'm if I'm thinking about my own reluctance, it's probably because of the pervasiveness uh, of Christianity as fact. Like there's a heaven, there's a hell, which I don't personally follow, but it's right. because it's it's seeped into my subconscious through various forms of media. I think that's probably where my reluctance is coming from. So, uh, well argued, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, but that's what that's the whole point of this show, right? Like to have these interesting discussions about yeah. about things that aren't interesting. Well, they are interesting, but aren't as important on their surface as they may seem. Right. I'll put it right. that way. Okay. So, so we're 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 going with what? Par- uh, sorry, with uh, paranormal occult. Yeah, I think we have to. All right. Well, and and before I forgot to mention this, there's some funny things about Demon Knight. I know this may or may not be surprising to you. Besides the fact that it had this crazy cast, it had actually a crazy production, um, pre-production. I'm sorry, not production. So um, it was it was written and handed off between a lot of different people. Oh. Um, and it's crazy the people who at one point were pondering making this film and you think about how incredibly different it would have been first off on the list the first person who was going to direct it was none other than tom holland what so tom yeah so tom holland if you don't know uh he uh probably best known for do directing the child's plays uh child's play franchise um but also um he wrote the sequel to uh psycho um so like a big name and so stuff happens. He decides to pass on it and said he directed this bomb that didn't do well. Next, the script goes to the screenwriter for Pumpkinhead. Oh, wow. Right. Totally different, like the opposite. And they were going to come up with this um, completely different approach. Um, and, and then it goes, to, um, it goes to the director of Pet Cemetery. I'm really not kidding when I say this movie's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And so the director of Pet Cemetery, Mary Lambert, had decided that she wanted to make some major changes to the script. And her idea was to cast uh, Breaker as an African-American 
and the theme was going to be oppressed people of Earth ending up to uh, ending up being the saviors of Earth because of what's going on. But then she give decides, that to Jordan Peele, and I will watch the heck out of it. Oh, right, totally. And so uh, she ends ends up not doing it. She works on Pet Cemetery too, which also bombed. So maybe Oof. maybe there's there's some sort of some uh, like curse, demon yeah. curse. Um, then. It goes to uh, um, Full Moon Features. Full Moon has made a bunch of, you know, big movies, uh, horror movies, including the Puppet Masters. That's probably the one most people are most familiar with. Um, and it, it sits there for a bit before it makes its way eventually over to Silver Pictures, um, where I believe it rests. I think they're the ones... Um, they oh wait actually I'm looking at this Universal Pictures gets involved at some point, uh, but yeah it, it goes through all these different hands uh, and has a lot of different takes. One I described the other one uh, which almost happened. This is in the final uh, drafts of this script that they made. Uh, the one tweak that they almost made, which I kind of really want to see, is instead of there being demons, so no demons, instead the collector is a Bible salesman. And the demons are a legion of other Bible salesmen, all clad in black suits and and wearing sunglasses. What? Yeah. How weird is that? That'd be such a a weird movie. I I I don't think that would be good. I think it'd be, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, the plot's exactly the same, except you have, you replace the demons with Bible salesmen. Um, They didn't go with it because they were, you know, really freaked out about people reacting negatively to the idea that you'd have all these yuppies basically attacking people in a church, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that went on before it became the glorious movie that was this Billy Zane vehicle. Yes. I, I think it, it ended up exactly the way it to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, I yeah. think it ended up exactly the way it should have. Yeah, I agree. Uh I think it, it's a fun movie. It's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's certainly a good movie. I enjoyed it. Okay. It's not on my short list is what I'm saying. Uh, you've made your, you've made your feelings about it pretty clear. (laughs) Yes, I have. Yeah. Like I get it. All right. So let me type it in. I I almost forgot. Uh, where, oh wait, dude, did I even put it in here? Let me do a little search. Uh, I didn't want to search for that though. Demon a lot of demons night of the demons demons one demons two the neon demon oh uh, neon de- that's i've heard that called a horror movie but i don't think it is neon demon oh yeah. man that's such a great movie uh and I, yeah i think it is but it's yeah it's an outlier uh demon knight is a new entry and that was made in oh i'm lying it's not a new entry brian oh i just did something weird and broke it uh so demon knight and uh, it is 1995. Is that right? I thought it was seven. But wait, hold on. Let me look. Let this me is look. great radio, by the Isn't way. <laughs> Tappity tap tap. Oh tap. my god! Well, 1995. Okay. 1995. While okay. Brian uh, finishes <laughs> typing things out, I am going to thank I'm our. Lo- <laughs> I'm going to thank our lovely backers. Because we could not do this show without your support, and we appreciate it greatly. You can head on over to patreon.com slash longleggedbeasties if you would like to back us financially. And if you can't, that's okay. There's other ways you can support us. Go out, tell your friends, share the link, share the love, share the wonder that is listening to Brian type out on an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, special thank you to our backers, the things that go bump in the night. Josh Nichols, Perry Marsden, Patrick Markey, Elizabeth Richeson, Joseph Crescenti, James Fudge, and Michael Thomas. Thank you so, so much. We really, really appreciate everything you do to keep us going. Yes. And if folks want to find you outside of this lovely podcast, where should they go look? Well, they can go to padandpixel.com, or you can go to Twitter and you will find me at B. that's C-R-E-C-E-N-T-E-B, as in Rick Boda, cinematographer for Demon. No, Billy Zane! B as in Billy Zane! Right? <laughs> 
And you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt or over on my other podcast, which is called Continue. And that's where I talk about video games. And, uh, yeah, the next, the next time you hear our lovely voices, it'll be the day after Thanksgiving and you'll be in some kind of food coma. Nice. And we'll meet you there. Bye, everybody. See ya.